630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Okay, here we go. Keeping an eye on the Blue Jays playoff chase. They are in the second of the two wildcard spots. Game and a half behind the Red Sox. Half a game up on the Yankees. Blue Jays in a 1-1 tie with the Rays in the third. Red Sox and Mets are scoreless in the third and also in the third Yankees out to a one nothing lead on the New York Rangers. We did not have inside sports last night. We were preempted for the election coverage. I was able to watch the Oilers rookies take on the Flames rookies through Oilers TV. Couple of late empty net goals for Calgary as they got a 4-1 win, though I understand that all the mail-in goals have not yet been counted, so that one could still change. Man, oh man, we are ramping it up with hockey. We've had the two Oilers rookies games. Uh, The Oil Kings have played a couple of preseason games. They're getting ready for the season, and of course, Edmonton Oilers' main training camp starts tomorrow, and we will go straight to the hotline, powered by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials, and we welcome back to the 630 Chet Airwaves the head coach of your Edmonton Oilers, Dave Tippett. Dave, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? Doing well. How are you doing, Reed? Well, I'm doing very well. It's good to talk to you. Thanks for making time for me here as you get set for no training problem. camp tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, what? look, you've been doing this a while, but what's this night before training camp? Uh, how, how does it feel for you when it's about to really get going tomorrow? Well, it's exciting to get going. You know, we've had a good week. The rookies worked hard this week, and... Uh, you know, some some real young kids come in. You can see there's some talent there. There's some guys that it's good to see them back again. Young Broberg come back and uh, is in great shape. So there's some players that are uh, have been here before that uh, are enthused to get back. And the new guys, it's always good to get good to get a good look at them. But the night before, you know what happens? You you've done so much planning. You've got everything on paper. Now you got to start getting it on on the ice. And so uh, we'll go through some medicals and stuff tomorrow. Uh, talk a little bit about um, the theme of camp and, and get our year going and we get on the ice for the first time on Thursday. So you're excited to get going. You know, we've made some changes to our team and our, and our personnel. So you're excited to see how all the pieces fit and uh, our players. It's it's funny that we've had just about our whole team here for two or three weeks now. So uh, they've been skating. They're in good spirits. So looking forward to having a good camp. Well, and I want to ask you about some of those new guys and, and some of the storylines recently, but when it comes to training camp, I, I, I counted to double-check. This is the 17th NHL training camp you're going to oversee as an NHL head coach. Uh, would there be any kernels of your approach or your methods from when you were with Dallas in 2002? Are you still doing some of the same things, or how has your uh, approach to running training camp evolved over the years? Well, first of all, it's evolved because... Uh the length of training camp has shortened uh, drastically. It used to be 28 days. And, you know, in Dallas, we used to go to uh, up to Colorado and Vail for a week with take 60 or 65 players. Now you're down to 21 days. You've got to give the players uh, two days off within that 21. So now you're down to 19. You play eight exhibition games. Basically, you know, you're... you're um, you're down to 11 days of practice, so it's uh, training camps have really, um, you know, you've got to get a lot of work done in a short amount of time. Um, we've got, uh, we'll start with actually, I think it's 52 players on the ice tomorrow. We've got a couple guys that are dinged up a little bit, but uh, we'll see where that goes in the morning. But 
52 players with a couple teams and you will practice for three days and then we're right into five exhibition games in seven days so every camp is different but uh, the the camps have evolved because you really got you got to get going quick because of the, the the shortness of camp and the shortness of days to practice to get your team ready to go yeah, for sure. Dave Tippett joining us tonight at Inside Sports. You referenced the two rookie games. I was able to watch both. I mentioned watching on, on my laptop last night, and I was able to go to Rogers' place for the game the Oilers rookies won on uh, on Saturday. And, you know, you threw out the name Philip Broberg as well, who's going to get a lot of uh, attention, I think, because he is a first-round draft pick, and you can never have enough solid defensemen. You know, I, I thought I saw some poise and some nice little passes breaking out of the zone, but that's just uh, my media guy opinion. What, what did you see from Broberg and assuming, you know, maybe he gets uh, a lot of time with the Condors this season, what are some steps he needs to take? You know, he just has to continue to mature as a, especially as a defenseman. There's, he's played on the big ice his whole life. He's got to go over and get uh, comfortable on the, on the smaller ice surface. There's some things, his skating uh, is very strong. He's, you know, he's a strong player. But there's things that happen a lot quicker than I think they normally do for him over there. So that's an adjustment he's going to have to make. Um, you know, he, he showed some real good uh, flashes, and there's some things that uh, that he needs to work on as a young player, especially as a defender. So um, all young players, they come, and everybody's anxious to see what they can do and try to uh, get an NHL job. But, um, you know, you look at the, the two games they played, there's – there's some real young guys that are, you know, they're a few years away from even turning pro, but, um, but, you know, there's, there's some good things, but you can really tell there's, there's lots to learn for young players and, uh, you know, camps like that are very good for it. And, and we'll, you know, have a week at camp here with a lot of those young guys and they'll continue the learning process before they go back to their junior team or, or um, possibly down to Bakersfield. All right. One of the stories for the Oilers over the weekend was Kyler Yamamoto got the contract. So he's in Edmonton. He's going to be on the ice tomorrow. Great. He's not going to miss even the start of camp. You know, Yamamoto no. came up for that wild New Year's Eve game against the Rangers and he just took off. I mean, who would have thought he would have been one point away from being uh, a point a game in the second half of that 1920 season. And then I think last mm-hmm. year, hey, I, I think he would have loved to hit the score sheet a little more. You know, how do you see Kyler? Is there a role that he is working towards or is he still young enough where you're still looking at him as a coach and saying, you know, I'm not sure where exactly he's going to slot long-term yet? Well, he's he's still an evolving player. You know, there's he's a good, smart player. He's tenacious in what he does. and and But all, like all young players, there's going to be some ups and downs early. Ups and downs early. He, uh, he had a great summer, great workout. He came back. He worked on his shot a lot. I think he felt like that... He didn't get, uh, not just didn't score enough, but didn't get enough opportunities to score last year. So that's, that's an area he's really focused on. He looks like he's gained a little bit of weight to get uh, a little bit heavier. And, you know, he's tenacious. He goes to goes to the front of the net, but sometimes his size can be a little detrimental to him. So he's, um, you know, he's just working to find his way. And uh, the players that aren't as big as other players, they can still get the job done. And he's one of those guys that he finds a way to get the job done. But there's a process to go through that you learn, you know, sometimes as much as when you're a small guy, sometimes as much as you'd like to go over top of them, sometimes you just have to go around them. It's an easier path. So he finds his way doing that, but, uh, but he'll come back. I'm really glad he got into, didn't miss any camp. Like that was, uh, 
has seen too many young players get caught up in the business part of the game and miss the start of camp or miss some, some games early and they get behind and they never seem to recover. So he uh, he made a smart play on his part to get the deal done and get in and, and get going. He's been skating two days with the guys now and um, he'll be ready to go on Thursday when we hit the ice. You know, Dave, I'm also curious about Kyle Turris, who was brought in before last season, and he start, kind of started as that third-line center role, and uh, it didn't go great. He didn't produce a lot of points. He obviously was, you know, not in the lineup in, for some pretty key games down the stretch of the season. But, you know, he's under contract. He's still obviously wants to be on the team and play in the NHL. Given some of the other additions that were made in the summer, is there still uh, a, a role for tourists to try to, to to grab here that might be different than the one he was trying to get acclimatized to last year? That's the conversations I've had with him this summer. He's put in a great work this summer. He stayed in Edmonton uh, the whole time. He, uh, he worked out with our training staff here, um, gained some strength and some weight. And as a, an older guy, uh, you know, he's, he's pushing, he's doing what he can to make sure that he's, comes ready to play and earn a spot and and that's what uh, Ken and I both talked about at the end of the year you've got to come back and and find a role in here and it might be a little different role than than we thought he would have last year but he's going to come back and and try to find a niche for himself and see if we can uh, have a better season than last year he cares a lot I mean he really cares he's a great teammate and uh, he's in great shape right now, so hopefully he comes back, and we'll see where it goes. We're going to try him a little bit on right wing. Um, he's got great skill, a great shot. We might be able to find uh, some minutes from there or left wing on the offside. So we're just going to see how it goes in camp, but he's put himself in a great position with being in uh, terrific shape, and he's a very motivated player. We'll see where that goes. Oilers head coach Dave Tippett joining us on Inside Sports. Look, Dave, you and I both know one of the big storylines for the Oilers, and, and, and you and I have had this discussion before, as you have with, with other guys. Uh, but, you know, one of the storylines has been McDavid, tons of points, Dreisaitl, tons of points, Nugent Hopkins, pretty solid player who does his thing, is filling out those support roles with the forwards, finding secondary scoring, finding, you know, maybe a checker or penalty killer to a late game minute type guy. So Connor and Leon and Nuge aren't carrying everything almost all the time. Hyman, Fogle, Derek Ryan, three of the key additions up front. Where are you at with th- that makeup of, you know, the guys who are going to be the 13 or four or, or 14 forwards? Are, are you in a better place in terms of those roles than you might've been going into the past couple of seasons? I think we are deeper. We have more balance. Like we, you know, you talk about McDavid, Drysaddle, Nuge. Um, then we have added Hyman, Fogel. Um, you know, Ryan are good, solid NHL players. But then players, uh, Cass has to have a bounce back year for us. We, I think he's he's coming in great shape. He's very motivated. I think we'll see see that. We also have to see the progression of our good young players, Pooley, Arvey, Yamamoto, McLeod. I think those guys are ready to take next steps to be real good players in the NHL. So our depth is is, is much greater than we've got Tourists who we talked about. We've got Shore. Um, you know, I think Benson is going to push for a job. 
Perlini is a guy that I've had before, a former first rounder. That's a big guy that can skate. Will uh, will come in and push for a job. So it's uh, our depth is is at a point now where it's the best. It's the best that I've seen here in the couple of years that I've been here. So hopefully we can spread some of those minutes out. We've got people that are very capable of playing in a lot of different situations. So that depth I think will make us a, a deeper team, allow us um, allow us to be more play more of a team game i think you're going to see more games where maybe connor and leon don't have to carry the load but we have a a real good support system around them all right yeah i think that's that's something we're all hoping to see absolutely dave i'll end on a bit of a lighter note you know i always try to pull a story out of you or or get something a little different (laughs) uh okay I, i i will ask you this tonight um if dave tippett the the current head coach could go back in time and talk to Dave Tippett, the player, on the eve of going into a training camp. What advice would he give a young Dave Tippett? <laughs> uh, don't overthink. Just go and play. You know, I was the guy that, it, uh, I'll tell you a funny story. Jack Evans uh, was my first coach, and I was so I was a young player that was so focused on doing my job, and I was a checker. He always had me going and checking people and following people around, and I remember I hadn't scored in both. 15 or 16 games and Jack Evans came over to me one day and he said Tip I love your way you're checking and you're checking your butt off I'll just give you one bit of advice when you check a guy and take the puck away from him you don't have to give it back to him just so you can check him again so it's uh, it's uh, you learn you learn to play the offensive side of the game and as much as I wanted to do my job there's uh, there's always a way to expand what you do so Young players, they, they think a lot. They're nervous coming into camp. The advice that I would give uh, give myself if it was back then or a young player tomorrow is make sure you come in and show uh, play the game you can. Don't overthink. Play the game you're capable of and see where the chips fall. Well, that sounds like great advice. Dave, I appreciate you hopping on the show tonight. Of course, we'll be seeing you around the rink starting tomorrow. Really appreciate your time. All the best this season. All right. Thanks very much. Good talking to you. That is Dave Tippett checking in tonight, the head coach of uh, your Edmonton Oilers. So some comments there about uh, Kyler Yamamoto, Kyle Turris, and uh, Tippett did say what we've been speculating on uh, on this show at times, that, yeah, maybe try Kyle Turris on right wing as the Oilers start main training camp tomorrow. I always invite you to get in touch, 780-496-0063, the email inside sports at 630ched.com. You can tweet me at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. Jack Michaels is still coming up before 7 o'clock tonight. It's Inside Sports on Chet. All right, there's the Nuge ready to go tomorrow. We had him on the show last week talking about his horse, Infinite Patience that won the Northlands Distaff at Century Mile on September 11th. Uh, what is, uh, I believe, Infinite Patience, where are my notes here from last week? I believe Infinite Patience is at, uh, yes, eight victories in 13 career starts for Nugent Hopkins and uh, the co-owner of the horse and planned, at least when we talked to Nugent last week, Infinite Patience uh, planning to run again October 15th 
in uh, Edmonton as well, and maybe even another one at the end of October. So that's a good little side story here for the Nuge as we get going into Oilers training camp. 52 players, as uh, Tippett said, expected to be there tomorrow for the physicals and the medicals. They'll be on the ice starting Thursday. Maybe a couple of guys uh, banged up, so we'll see if we get any update on who those players might be as, uh, as we get rolling tomorrow. Note here from the uh, Canadian Football League, and of course the Edmonton Elks are on a bye this week. Their next game will be one week from today, a rare Tuesday game against the Ottawa Red Blacks as the Elks will try to... Well, here's the thing. They're unbeaten on the road, 2-0. They're 0-4 at home after that game against the uh, very good Winnipeg Blue Bombers on Saturday night. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, the Elks, the CFL, the NFL, and who knows what else we'll get into with Jed Roberts, who will check in around 7.30 tonight. But I can tell you this. Chris Jones now uh, officially back in the CFL. This has been rumored for a while. But uh, Chris Jones joining the Toronto Argos as a defensive consultant. Uh, Jones now 54 years of age. He'd been with Toronto before, assistant head coach, assistant GM in 12 and 13. And then he came to Edmonton and, yeah, had pretty good teams here in 14 and 15, winning the Grey Cup, going 14 and 4 in 2015. That was the year the uh, the double E lost on Labor Day, then won their final eight regular season games, won the West Final, and won the Grey Cup, a 10-game winning streak to finish out the season. Okay, Jack Michaels is standing by to hop on the show. We'll uh, take a look at some of the comments Dave Tippett made in that interview. Also, uh, I'll get Jack's reaction, a very significant play-by-play voice in Canadian history retiring. That was announced today. We'll get into all that with Jack when we get back. Thanks for listening tonight. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. Oilers training camp starting tomorrow. Man, oh man, we have an Oilers preseason game. On 6.30, Chet, on Sunday night. That's in less than a week, baby. Oilers at Flames, 5.30 for the face-off show, 7 o'clock for the puck drop. As Dave Tippett referenced, it'll be a busy start to the preseason for the Oilers. Five games in seven days starting Sunday. They're going to go Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday to get it going. Then three more exhibition games the following week, and the games count in the standings for Edmonton starting October 13th, the season opener at Rogers Place against the Vancouver Canucks. Of course, every Oilers game all season long right here on 630 Chet. Quickly uh, updating the baseball story here. Toronto and Tampa Bay still 1-1. That's in the bottom of the fourth as the Blue Jays jockey for the wildcard spots with the uh, Red Sox and the Yankees. Right now, the Yankees are uh, just out of the cut line, a half game Behind the Blue Jays, uh, we have the Yankees leading the Rangers 2-1. That's in the bottom of the fourth. And we have the Mets up 1-0 on the Red Sox. That is in the top of the fourth. So I have something else I want to note today as uh, I bring in Jack Michaels, play-by-play voice for your Oilers on Chad and Sportsnet. Jack, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good, Reed. I was just wondering what else you might update before you get to me. You you like the uh, lengthy preambles when I'm on. Anything to... You know, shorten our conversation, Reed. You say you love me, but uh, I don't know. Evidence suggests otherwise. No, no. See, I, I don't. I don't think that at all. I like to get. get well, you did everything but break down the then... election by the by the time he introduced me. 
Well, I could do that. I think there's still a riding or two outstanding in Edmonton. People are probably interested in that. <laughs> but I'll, I'll save that for the show that's on from noon to two to give the political updates. Anyway, uh, <laughs> before I, I dive into some of the uh, points uh, Dave Tippett made in our interview, uh, Jim Hewson is retiring. 42-year career. He called uh, a dozen Stanley Cup finals, a couple of World Series couple of Olympic games uh, first jumped on the radio in 1979 did the Canucks and the Leafs joined TSN in 1987 a lot, a lot of us maybe were first introduced to him calling uh, Blue Jays games and then eventually doing Hockey Night in Canada worked with Craig Simpson for a lot of years uh, that is uh, that is quite a career 42 years and a lot of big moments a lot of big games for Jim Houston yeah and the the great thing about Jim is he's leaving with his fastball still intact you know it's 42 quality years he he didn't you know limp through the last couple he he had lost nothing as far as i'm concerned and you know what i didn't grow up with him uh as you know reed i, I didn't grow up in this country but you know being here for the last you know 11 12 years now uh you have an appreciation for what he's done obviously i knew of him a little bit from a periphery standpoint in terms of the video game uh but you know you have an appreciation not only for his work but the kind of man he is Uh, there's no one i know that doesn't that has anything but the utmost respect for jim Houston, the kind of job he did but more importantly the kind of person he was and you know what? I think that's ultimately the most important legacy you could leave in this life is that you were generally pleasant to be around and someone that everyone enjoyed working with. And Jim uh, fills both of those roles quite nicely. Forget a, Forgetting his announcer credentials. That's obvious. But uh, the person is always the most important thing. Yes, and, and you fulfill those uh, qualities as well, Jack. Of, of course, less yeah. people well, think I, that there I is some the unease epitome. between us. Yeah, I mean, you talk about a guy who's respectful of everyone, who's, you know, not sarcastic, uh, who always finds the right, you know, moment for sensitive comments and and feeling uh, with respect to both colleagues and and friends. I I think I epitomize that as much as anyone who's ever really uh, walked on the planet Earth. Not that Jack is uh, prone to hyperbole or uh, statements of uh, extreme definition. I mean, Reed, when you talk to me, you're just you're you're dealing with a great human being. You really are. I hope you have an appreciation for that. And and if not now, sometimes these things you know occur. You know, after after I might be gone or whatever. I think it's one of those things where you'll have a deeper appreciation for me once we uh, you know once we decide to part ways. Oh, I, I, I'm sure. I, I'm sure I will. I'm, I'm sure I will. After after a decade, it hasn't quite fully sunk in yet. Jack Michaels joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Are you do, are, are you doing uh, Sunday's game? Do we know yet? What's going on? Uh, Cam has the Calgary and Winnipeg games during the preseason, and I'll be handling the duties for Seattle and Vancouver. So uh, you know, we kind of broke it down that way. And uh, and then, you know, on we go into the regular season. And I don't know if my official television broadcast schedule, but I have a very strong leaning uh, that I will be with you for the first two games of the season on 630, Chad, Wednesday and Saturday against Vancouver and Calgary, respectively. Okay. Well, we look forward to that for sure. Dave Tippett joined me in the first half hour of the show. He is uh, he is ready for training camp. It's his 17th training camp as a head coach in the National Hockey League. 
we, we touched on a few different things. I kind of focused a little more on on the forward core than on the on the defense. But I, I asked him specifically about Kyle Turris. And, and look, we know that Turris's season last year did not go the way anybody would have liked. Not only did he kind of not wind up playing that third line center role, a lot of times as the season went on, he didn't wind up playing at all. He was healthy, scratched in a lot of games. But Tippett said, we're going to try him on right wing, maybe even on left wing, on his off wing, to see if he can find a role because they think, you know, he's still a player who can shoot the puck and maybe have a little bit of offensive jam here. Well, and I I think that's wise. I I think, you know, Kyle Turris has now had a, a couple of disappointing seasons in a row, but he's not that far removed from being an extremely productive and reliable player on a team that was a goalpost away from going to the Stanley Cup final. So I think you've got to give, especially a veteran guy who's, who's accomplished a lot in the league, you know, a chance for redemption, a chance to prove he can still play, a chance he can still contribute on what I'm sure Dave Tippett believes is a playoff-bound team. Uh, the only way you do that is, is to, you know, be willing to, to give him a shot in maybe different areas. If you feel like uh, the hole that you originally had him in mind for is, is not maybe – suitable to where he's at in this career but it would not surprise me at all if Kyle Turris who again you don't play the amount of games he does in the National Hockey League without developing a little bit of guile and a little bit of understanding of how to remain relevant in the league Uh, you don't have a a career where he's basically played in the NHL for 13 years uh, without finding a way uh, to be a positive force uh, you know on the ice and off the ice so I think Kyle Turris will get that shot, and it wouldn't surprise me in the least if he finds a role here on the back nine of his career. There are plenty of veterans who've done it before him. Uh, he needs to add a little pace to his game and perhaps develop you know, a different or maybe enhance a, a skill set that's been dormant in the years where he was re- you know, reliably a, a skill type of player and a guy that was always in the top six. He's going to have to find a, a different dimension to his game, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if he does. Yeah, and, and I think that leads to a larger discussion about how the Oilers are put together up front. And, and as you and I know, Jack, it's, uh, it's, a, it's fun to talk about. It's all speculation right now. You know, right now you look at the blueprint and you say, oh, yeah, that's going to be a pretty nice house. It still has to be built and put together. But look, the the, the plan is you, you got Zach Hyman obviously going to play in the top six. Fogle to help the depth and the speed and maybe some of that ability to take the puck to the net. Uh, Derek Ryan, right shot face-off guy who can kill penalties, maybe take some of the face-off load off, off Leon Dreisaitl, again, especially when it's on that right side of the ice. And, and then maybe that, you know, speaking of tourists, maybe that number six spot in the top six is some competition between tourists, Yamamoto, and, and Cassian or something like that as the season goes on. That's that's kind of the plan for the forward core. You know, we'll see what Ryan McLeod does. Uh, Tip brought up the name Tyler Benson is pushing for a job, and uh, and Perlini, who's who, who was acquired as well. And Tip said we should be a team that some of the load is taken off Connor and Leon. And, and you now we know we also we've heard that before, and that's been a huge goal for this team for the last several seasons now. Are the Oilers in better shape? Or what question marks do you still have about players filling the roles they've been brought in for? Well, I, I think unquestionably they are, especially up front. I, I think, you know, in Warren Fogle, obviously Zach Hyman, 
you know, Devin Shore for that matter. You've got guys that are National Hockey League players, not guys that you're asking to be National Hockey League players. And I, I'm not going to pick on, you know, on anyone in uh, specifically, but I, I think there have been some wingers, and even at center ice possession, you know, there have been guys that have had success over in Europe that they've brought over anticipating that they can build on the foundations established in Europe. They're not doing that this year with the additions they've made. They're bringing in proven NHL guys, and as a result, you know, you've got guys that, you know, that are are kind of on the outside looking in that have played significant, you know, games in the league. I mean, you know, uh, Perlini, for that matter. I I mean, there's, there's guys, tourists, you know, per, potentially Archibald. I mean, they're all theoretically – you know, competing for spots. I, I mean, they're not locks to be in the opening night lineup. And for that matter, I think you can make an argument that it's not a lock that even Yesapul Yarby or Kyler Yamamoto are going to, you know, be in the top six all year because there is going to be that push, you know, from the bottom six. I mean, who knows? You know, Zach Cassian has has certainly said that he anticipates a different season with fans in the building. And, and you mentioned Kyle Turris. And I, I think that's why, you know, when Dave Tippett discusses Kyle Turris's role, it could be right, left, center, depending on what the team needs, depending on who's pushing up, and depending on who's not responding to the challenges from further down in the lineup. I think in the last couple of years, Reed, quite frankly, there have been some guys in the lineup that really haven't faced much of a challenge. Yeah, I think that's I, I think that's fair, and and we've seen how uh, the bench has been been shortened in some key situations, or well, as I referenced, time game read, I mean, over, you, or even you know, and, and you, someone you even see, you don't see teams go down to nine and four that often, and not, I, not that I, not that quickly, right? And and no, then not bring in a fresh Dave guy. Tippett's, yeah, and I don't think Dave Tippett's intention was to do that, but I think he, you know, like all coaches you know, played a game a certain way that particular night that he had to win to advance. I don't think he wants to do that. And I don't think he feels he will need to do that with the depth that Ken Holland has put behind him. And part of it has to do with the fact that for, again, the first time in three years, the Oilers had some cap flexibility. They were able to add depth pieces that they simply couldn't afford in years past. I mean, you couldn't add a Warren Fogle last year. You couldn't add a a Zach Hyman. And I'm not, Obviously, they weren't available because, you know, they, they were they belonged to their respective teams. But, you know, you know what my point is, is you couldn't add that type of player because they didn't have the room. Uh, so as a result, they're a much deeper club. And well, and there are some guys that could really su- surprise this year. But they start with an NHL foundation rather than a foundation outside the National Hockey League. Well, and here's another thing I wonder, Jack, because when we've discussed the Oilers' forward depth in recent years, I, I, I think we it, we've kind of made the assumption, you know, that if if I went up to a fan or, or or somebody called in and said, "Let's talk about the Oilers' forward depth," your mind immediately goes to offense. Who who's scoring besides Leon Draisaitl? You know, Nuge, and then you're trying to find people after that. Though obviously, you know, Pulleyarvi wound up having a pretty good season this past year. But but I also think it factors in defensively. And I had a, a, a former player say to me last year, he he said, "Reed, when the Oilers are protecting a lead, it, it's Connor and Leon, and then it's Archibald." But he, but he said it's still two of the guys you're leaning on heavily offensively. We're going out in the final minute because Leon has to win the faceoffs, and obviously with Connor's speed, it's still tempting to put him on the ice. 
but but he said this player x player said to me I, i'm worried that there are guys sitting are sitting there on the bench saying well i don't play a lot five on five i'm not on the power play i'm not on the pk and I don't, i'm not even trusted to kill off the final 45 seconds of a game you know i wonder if even that is going to bring like i mentioned Derek ryan like, you know i mentioned hyman who i know is also going to be relied on offensively but if he's a reliable guy in the final middle of the game we'll see if fogel earns that role if eventually ryan mcleod earns that role because i don't think forward depth when it comes to the Oilers is only an offensive discussion no I, I think you're absolutely right and I think there are you know there are some minutes to be had uh you know outside of special teams and and outside of other game situations that you've addressed where again you have more options than you've had in years past uh you know you, you finish the game uh, with a with a player two and and that was kind of early in the tenure and we've seen Dave Tippett especially when a player is playing well decide to stick with him you know a, a Yamamoto finishing the game uh, these are got you know these are guys that you like to you know give a crack at finishing the game sometimes with options uh, you know they've tried Zach Cassian uh, previously in penalty killing they they felt maybe the shot blocking skills weren't there but but Zach I. I really feel is is going to make a significant push this year. I think, you know, he's he's entering the stage of his career where it's not too far from now where he's going to be looking to earn a, another contract and and he is in a different spot than Kyle Turris to some degree because he's just a better skater. But by the same token, I think Zach Cassian is the example of a type of player that as you approach 30, you look to, you know, again, uh, define some other aspects and round out some other aspects of your game. So your point is well taken. And I think like the rest of the situations we've talked about, Dave Tippett has more depth at his disposal up front. That's the one area I think if you look at forwards, defense and goaltending the one area where you can say Edmonton is unquestionably better than a year ago would be at the forward position I mean there there really can't be an argument Jack before I let you go I, I didn't get to see them on Sunday and may, maybe you were busy uh Browns bounced back you feeling good still I, I'm never I'm never too busy to catch a piece of the Browns action uh you know, again, cautious optimism. Uh, they got a break when Tarod Taylor got hurt, uh, and they essentially beat a backup quarterback who happens to be a rookie. But a win's a win. One and one, we move on to week three. All right. Jack, we'll see you tomorrow. This is going to be awesome, man. Thanks for hopping on. I can't wait to get started, Reed. In all seriousness, uh, we've got a great group, and I can't wait for another year on 630, Chad. Really excited to have the band back together again. Yeah, absolutely. That is Jack Michaels, play-by-play voice here on 630 Chet and Sportsnet. You'll also hear Cam Moon calling games here on Chet. Always a blast having Jack on the show. We, we, we Trust me, we get along quite well, despite his, uh, his bravado with certain aspects of our relationship. <laughs> it's 650. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Good to have you tuning in tonight.
Chris Russell, Oilers defenseman, will wear number six this season. That's because number four is being retired. Kevin Lowe's number four going to the rafters of Rogers Place on Friday, November 5th, when the Oilers take on the New York Rangers. That is the other team that Lowe played for in his career. So Chris Russell switching. He will wear number six. Adam Larson wore number six uh, for five seasons prior to that but when i hear number six i always think of yesi yoensu and uh, a dressing room tribute for joey moss this is so fitting this is going to be unveiled by current oilers players on september 28th so that is one week from today the uh, great joey moss who we lost in october of 2020 at the age of 57 just a uh, a pillar well you know i was going to say a pillar of the oilers and the double e but i think a pillar of the edmonton community sports and otherwise and uh the uh, oilers calling it a unique dressing room tribute going to be unveiled by current oilers on september 28th all right so look guys you heard and gals you heard jack michaels talking about uh the oilers upcoming season we had dave tippett on the show i i hear here's my little assignment for you tonight and and we'll have some time to, uh, to interact in the next half hour seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three you can email inside sports at six thirty ched.com i i think we understand what the oilers are trying to do i think we understand where the players who have been brought in are, are supposed to fit in in a perfect world i i, I want to hear what you actually think about some of those you know are, are you confident are there still some spots where you're saying well i know they brought in that guy but i'm not really sure if he can do it or just some other storylines concerns celebrations you have as we head into training camp starting up tomorrow Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. also between 7 30 and 8 we'll visit with jed roberts it's always a pleasure to have jed on the show back after the news and weather baby talk to you then 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.